0: Welcome to CPAC Today in Politics. Coming up, harsh words from Christia Freeland as she announces more sanctions against Russia are on the way. President Putin has made a grave and historic error. This is not the behavior of a superpower. This is the last gasp of a failing kleptocracy. And President Putin has now become an international pariah. The opposition calls for more aid for Ukraine.
1: The federal government has stepped up in the last few days, but there is more that can be done. As they say in Ukraine, Slava Ukraini, glory to Ukraine, glory to the heroes. But let's do more than just say those words. Let's take action now and in the days and the months to come.
0: And decisions are expected soon on the rules for the conservative leadership race.
1: The big issue too is is, uh, how much money they can spend on these campaigns. Um, you know, well-known candidates uh, are going to be able to raise money more quickly and probably raise more money, um, and which obviously gives them an advantage uh, in terms of reaching out to party members and doing doing it effectively.
0: It's Wednesday, March the second. I'm Mark Sutcliffe. Let's get right to the top political stories this morning. I'm joined by longtime political writer and broadcaster Dan Legere. Good morning, Dan. Hi, Mark. Let's talk about the latest on how Canada is responding to the situation in Ukraine. Yesterday, uh, Christia Freeland, the deputy prime minister, said that uh, Canada will be expanding the sanctions against Russia, in particular to target some of the friends of Vladimir Putin, the, the businesses that are connected to him, the, the oligarchs in Russia that are associated with him. But she also said Canadians should brace for economic collateral damage. So uh, what are your thoughts on the approach that Canada is taking so far and the potential consequences of it?
1: Well, there are going to be consequences, uh, and I don't think very many people, including me, have really got a handle yet on how uh, widespread these consequences are going to be, Mark. I mean, uh, to disrupt business with a i think it's the eleventh or 12th largest economy in the world it's up there in the top fifteen anyway with russia and with their their economies so uh... concentrated in the hands of these oligarchs that to uh... take measures against them is going to have a spillover effect around the world and and the Russian uh, business is quite adept at insinuating itself into other countries and other economies around the world. So, yeah, there there are certainly going to be uh, consequences from this. And at some point, I think Canadian businesses and, and people are going to realize uh, that it's not just uh, governments issuing proclamations from Parliament Hill. That uh, amount to these types of sanctions, you know. But that said, Mark, I, I really feel—I don't know—it's—it's a, it's a feeling, you know, not something I can, you know, uh, give you chapter and verse on. It's too early on, but I, I really feel Canadians are strongly uh, opposed to this, this horrible invasion and, and tyranny from the Russians, and uh, and are psychologically behind. Uh, Ukraine. I mean, there are a lot of Ukrainians in Canada. They're a great part of our country. And uh, we all know people of, of Ukrainian descent. And uh, I think that it's uh, uh, there's going to be widespread support for Canada's measures uh, against Putin and, uh, and this terrible invasion.
0: And I, I guess one of the key questions then is, how far will we go to defend Ukraine and to stop Russia? Uh, the the prime minister and the deputy prime minister have both spoken about this this week in in a pretty uh, significant terms, talking about key moments in history when the struggle between between freedom and tyranny comes down to a fight that's waged for all of humanity, uh, that this is about the, the a potential end to the prosperity and stability that our world has had for the past 75 years, that this is this huge moment. Um, so uh, are, are sanctions enough in a situation like that? And, and will Canada and other countries go further at a certain point?
1: Yeah, well, um, as somebody in Ukraine observed the other day, that tanks move faster than sanctions. Yeah. And uh, sanctions do take a while to bite. I mean, they, they have to be, uh, you know, they have to be brought about. They have to be, you know, put in a legal context. They have to uh... conform with the laws of the countries that are imposing the sanctions it's a tremendously complicated uh... process and uh... and then it takes a while for them to bite and uh... there's a fair bit of evidence that uh... that putin and uh... uh... other top russians have been you know taking measures really since they seized crimea in twenty fourteen have been taking measures to protect themselves from sanctions like this uh, for these past uh, number of years, and as a result, they're going to be not as easy to um, to have an impact on, on them as, as we all hope. Um, but, you know, there's quite a piece from that to actually sending boots on the ground and actual Canadians um, into combat. And, and, you know, Mark, I don't really think the Canadian Armed Forces are in a position right now to do a lot um you know they're they're short of virtually every skilled trade there's a terrible crisis of leadership at the top of the Canadian armed forces that's still unresolved um, There are uh, equipment shortages uh the government has been underfunding the military, not just the Trudeau government, but underfunding the Canadian military is a uh, common uh mistake that governments make going back fifty years. And we keep drawing down our peace dividend, um, and now there's no peace, but we're still expecting to get the dividend. So that's another way that Freeland didn't mention this, but this is a way the Canadians might also have to face the consequences of this, and that is uh, with a sharp increase in military spending that uh, is not really usually on on our agenda in Canada. Yeah.
0: The other important side to this, Dan, of course, is what we're doing for the people of Ukraine and, and uh, the opposition yesterday was saying perhaps we're not doing enough, that we should be offering more aid to the Ukrainian people. And, uh, and as this fight goes on, there, there is obviously uh, an increasing humanitarian situation that's, that's playing out. There are people f- fleeing Ukraine for other countries. Um, so what are your thoughts on that?
1: Well, this is an area that Canada is much better equipped to help. I mean, uh, you know, it's not hard to open the doors to uh, Ukraine. There, there are already hundreds of thousands of refugees that this conflict has produced. Uh, they're flowing into nearby countries, Moldova, Poland, Slovakia, um, all of which are going to be hard-pressed to take on these large numbers. Um, of refugees. Canada is well set up and well uh, able to afford to go and help the displaced people of uh, Eastern Europe and will be able to bring Can- uh, bring, bring people here as well. Uh, I think there's been some practice in this area and I hope they learned, I hope the federal government learned some lessons from the poorly handled Afghan evacuation um, uh, you know, this one, again, has come up extremely suddenly in the sense that uh, uh, no one really believed uh, Putin's threats until he carried them out, but now they're real, and now these people are displaced, and Canada can play a role uh, on the humanitarian side. So, uh, you know, we have a well-deserved reputation in this country uh, around the world for humanitarian responses, and this is time to kick that into high gear. Mm.
0: All right, closer to home, Dan. Uh, let's talk about the conservative leadership race for a moment. Um, the the party still has not decided on the rules for that leadership race, and and uh, whenever those decisions are made, they they often have a bearing on on who might run and even who might win. Um if if the uh it's a, if it's a longer or a shorter campaign, uh if the the threshold for getting into the race, uh the the money you need to raise, the signatures you need to get is higher or lower, that can that can affect how many people participate and and what the outcome might be, right?
1: Yeah. Well, and of course the big issue too is is uh how much money they can spend on these campaigns um, you know, well known candidates uh are going to be able to raise money more quickly and probably raise more money, um and which obviously gives them an advantage uh in terms of reaching out to party members and doing doing it effectively. Um and if you're talking about some kind of a leadership vote uh, by mid June as some of uh, I think Polyev's people are, are uh, Pierre Polyev's people are are promoting uh, that gives another huge advantage to people like Poliev, who um you know is well known from his parliamentary antics uh, and has uh, a lot of support within the conservative party not within canadian voters i don't think but within the conservative uh, group and really a uh, leadership campaign that's all that matters so um you know i do think uh i don't have a lot of visibility on it but i do imagine that there's a tremendous battles going on on these um committees that are meeting now within the conservative party their their leadership group they've already had um, at least one resignation from it uh you know mr duncan uh, i believe it was last week who walked away because he didn't feel uh part of the process and uh you know this is also being affected by the uh you know, somewhat more activist role that Candace Bergen has taken as an interim leader, um, and uh, what impact she has on the rules-making process uh, is also going to be important. So, uh, you know, I don't know, though, Mark, the, the Conservatives, um, this is a, a crossroads for them. They have to decide who they are. Are they a, a sort of Trump North, or are they— um, the Conservative Party that uh, has a damn good record of winning elections in this country, and that is a party that offers um, a palatable uh, alternative uh, for middle-of-the-road Canadians who are looking for a change. And I don't think um, a a leadership contest that only favours people who want to go MAGA North uh, is going to be in the best interest of the Conservative Party, but that's their call.
0: Mm. All right. We'll see what happens. Dan, thank you so much for joining us today. Okay, Mark. That's longtime political writer and broadcaster, Dan Legere. The battleground today is Ukraine. But this
1: is our fight, too.
0: Now, here's what political columnists and commentators are writing about today. In the National Post, Ethan Lau argues how the West reacts to Ukraine could determine the future of Taiwan. Lau writes... China has been doing a delicate dance on the Ukraine invasion, because for years Beijing has also been eyeing a territory it does not control, but sees as a breakaway province. That's not to say that China will immediately follow Russia's example by invading Taiwan. Beijing is smarter than that. The world's response to Russia is an indication of how far China can go in Taiwan. The results of Putin's game in Europe will be a barometer for President Xi Jinping to see how worthwhile any use of force against Taiwan would be. In the Toronto Star, Julian Spencer Churchill argues the West cannot delay in helping Ukraine fight Russian invaders. He writes, Democratic countries are militarily weak, which is why we ally together more tightly than any other regime type, and why we aggressively seek to expand our way of life among like-minded people. Democracy flourishes through commerce— and is an antidote to war and nuclear proliferation. The later the Western intervention, the greater the outrageous indignities and atrocities that will be inflicted by Russian artillery as it attempts to seize Ukraine's major urban centers. Ukrainians are democratic-minded Europeans who are begging for our help. What are we waiting for? In the conversation, Sylvanus Kwaku Afesorgbor. And Peter A. G. Van Bergijk argue that economic sanctions will hurt Russians long before they stop Putin's war in Ukraine. They write Imposing economic sanctions can become a double edged sword that adversely affects both innocent civilians and elites alike. Even if the sanctions are specifically targeted, there are severe ramifications for the general populace. Further isolating Russia and Putin from the international community also gives the Russian autocratic regime yet another opportunity to impose more repressive policies on its citizens and opposition parties. As the world rightfully fears for the Ukrainian people, we must not turn a blind eye to Russians, who are also Putin's victims. Now here's what's coming up on today's political agenda. The Prime Minister will attend the Liberal Caucus meeting and question period. NDP leader Jagmeet Singh will meet with the chair and president of the World Refugee and Migration Council. He will also speak to members of the media about the need for Canada to help Ukrainians who are seeking refuge. And Minister of Families Karina Gould will take part in the Together Ensemble 2022 conference. And that's CPAC Today in Politics for Wednesday, March the 2nd. Tune into Primetime Politics tonight on CPAC for coverage of all the day's events. Our podcast returns tomorrow morning. Have a great day.